Hello and welcome to the Underwater Sunshine Podcast. I am your host, well, one of them. My name, for if you're interested, is Adam Duritz. He's my friend. James Campion, and I know you have no interest in that. So, madness. we continue to play songs and talk about some great artists that will be playing the Underwater Sunshine Festival. That's right, it has the same title as this podcast and of the Great Counting Crows record, which is in now two weeks, two weeks till festival time. And waiting I cannot. What are you? I've just turned into Yoda. What I are know. you, Yoda now? <laughs> <laughs> waiting I cannot. I cannot. So, uh, all right, so let's get right to the music. Um, we've been playing, like I said, we've been doing this now for a couple of weeks, uh, and uh, it's great. There's a lot of stuff that I've discovered, stuff that I knew and I couldn't wait to share with everybody, stuff that Adam is sharing with me for the first time, and I'm we're all sharing it with you, so this is a lot of fun. So who do we got this week? Who's on the docket? Well, I want to start off with a guy that I met years ago down in Austin when he played the Outlaw Roadshow, and he's got a new record coming out, and we're going to be the first people anywhere to play some of it right now. The pre-release is actually on the 29th, which is this Friday, uh, and uh, the I think that's the pre-release, uh, like you could pre-order it that day on Friday, and they're actually releasing his first single on Friday, and we're going to get to play that in a minute, but I want to play you another song that when he and I were talking about a month ago about playing Underwater Sunshine, he sent me a few songs, uh, and they really knocked me out. I love, he wanted my opinion on a couple of them, and I really loved this one song so much. He's such a good guy. I actually did. He has a podcast as well, and I did his podcast earlier this year. And I, you know, I talked to him about playing Underwater Sunshine and said, you know, if you're going to be around here, then you got to do it. So he's going to come up and play Underwater Sunshine. He usually plays with a band called the Harlequin Ghosts. Uh, but he's going to play solo uh, at, at the festival. But I want to play this song because I think it's so cool. It's called This Is The Sound. And uh, this is Ryan Hamilton and the Harlequin Ghosts. Dig this song. It's a really cool tune. This Is The Sound. Breathe in deep and let it go. If it's going to rain, then let it snow. They wait in the wings expecting nothing less than everything Dig your heels and head up high The sweet relief of getting by Break the circle because today's the Oh 
pop rock song wonderful wonderful rock song really is top notch love the harmonies in there the structure again uh, it, it, when when these bands that play newer rock and roll songs like that that harken back to other ones but they have a, a fresh flavor to them i love that stuff uh because i still love rock and roll if it's done correctly or it's done way in ways that make me remember why i loved that music and uh that song does yeah, I, I just think they're that's a great song. When I heard that one, I was like, "Oh God, you got to release that song! It's such a fucking great song." It really, really is, and and that that's not been that's coming out. Yeah, it's not out yet. This the, week, the record comes out in May, I think. Oh, okay. Um, so it's got he's got a ways to go, but that but the uh, first single comes out uh, this Friday. This Friday, right? And he, he just sent this to me a couple days ago, and I, I really dig this song. Because I actually wrote him to say, hey, can we play some of this stuff? I really want to play this as the sound. And he said, yeah, just play this one, too. It's a single. And I was like, oh, I love this one, too. So Excellent. Uh, this is Mamacita. Ryan is a Texas singer-songwriter, which is why I think I first met him down there. Uh, and I'm really excited to see him come play again. But this is Mamacita from the new album. Nice.
That is fucking fantastic. There's nothing I don't love about that song. That's why, you know what's so funny? I'm glad you played that first song we played because that was just a precursor to that thing, which is a goddamn rock and roll masterpiece. I mean, See, I'm the other way. I like the first song better. But really, I like that one too a lot. I, it's amazing. That song kicked ass. First of all, I think it's hilarious, obviously. And, and I love when it goes down to just the piano and he sings those lines. Uh, I was drunk. I was stoned. I was so alone. But, but it's just the, I just, it, the dynamics of the song, the rocking way, the, the, the great fun way he's singing that. Again, listen, I love great rock and roll. And to me, that's what that is. You know what I mean? There's nothing, there's nothing, it's just unabashedly joyful, that song. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I love him. I always did. I thought he was, I've always thought he was just fantastic. Um, I was glad you had to do his podcast early in the year because I, I hadn't seen or heard from him in a while. I mean, there he's. it's a weird thing. He's from Texas, but the whole band's British, I think. So they split their time playing a lot over there. Oh, wow. And that's one of the reasons he's coming to play by himself because it's a, it's a thing getting the whole band together because they're all in England. Um I want to play you one more since you love that song so much. This one, I little Steven, really uh, Stevie Van Zant plays guitar on this one. I think uh, this is this is another one from the new record called uh, "Get Down." And I, I think it's right up your alley. Uh, okay, you, you're gonna love it. I was trying to decide between this and "Mamacita" because I knew I was playing "This Is the Sound" because to me, "This Is the Sound" is a spectacular. Oh, song. that's great! Yeah, but this is a uh, this is a little more like "Mamacita." See if you dig this. This is called "Get Down." No more, we're gonna drink till everybody hits that floor, baby. Get down, yeah, come on and get down. We're gonna dance till we just can't dance no more. We're gonna drink till everybody hits that floor, baby. Get down, yeah, come on and get down. I don't know what you got cooking, but oh my god, you're sure good looking, baby. Get down.
yeah, this guy's got it going on. He knows what he's doing. And it's just so good. You know, I, again, I can't say it of the dynamics of the song, the breakdowns, uh, the chorus is great. And that's taken us all the way back. I mean, that's a rockabilly song. No question about that. Uh, even the guitar sounds are like complete, you know, Eddie Cochran, uh, you know, Blue Suede Shoes style of guitar playing. Uh, that is a, or, you know, if we want to talk about Texans, Buddy Holly. You know, it's got a lot of that in it, and but it, it swings like hell. And he's got this great way of phrasing that's, get down. I love that. You know, just the way he, he blurts those words out. It's, again, it's just classic, 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 great rock and roll. A bit, you know, rock and roll gets slapped on everything. And I think it gets lost uh, in that wide swath of what it is. And I, I'm glad it is that way. But there's, if someone said to me, you know, play me a rock and roll song that's been done over the last five or two years or whatever, you know, recent. I would think to play that. I mean, it's just, it's in the vein of every great rock and roll song that I love. Yeah, I think he's really got He really got it going on. He's got a hell of a vibe going on. Um, and it's a shame the band can't make it, but I'm sure he translates, anybody who could do that yeah. can probably translate that to an acoustic song. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, he's going to probably just play the piano and play the shit out of it. Oh, excellent. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to see him. I, when I saw him in Austin, he, he knocked me out. It was one. It was a long time ago now, but cannot wait uh so i want to go this is a band that i know very very well uh i've been friends with these guys for years they played the outlaw road show a few times years ago and then they came out on the road and toured with counting crows one summer and they were great uh which is the band hollis brown from queens uh new york city and uh I, i love these guys and i think they're a fantastic rock band and uh just remembering this story I'll tell it in a minute. This, I want to play. start off with this one song. This is from the record Three Shots. It is the song Three Shots. And it's about, uh, as, as a lot of the songs on this record are, uh, life on the streets in New York City. So check this out. This is Hollis Brown. Three Shots.
Yes. Having grown up in a borough, not Queens, though, Bronx, New York, that relatable, certainly, especially the bullying in school and revolving door and all that stuff. Uh, I like it. It's got a, a sort of a sadness to it. Yeah, it's about kids getting shot on the streets, I think. Yeah, know? I mean, there's a, but there's a sadness to the music of it that underscores the lyric, which is, you know, when I was a kid, there was fights all the time, especially in the schoolyard, but people didn't pull out guns. Maybe somebody had something they could cut you with or something like that, but it wasn't really like, you know. But nowadays, you know, things escalate quickly, and guns are so prevalent in the culture that it's a very, very scary situation when kids who are already, especially young boys, volatile people. And in that kind of environment, that's, you know, I think what they're doing there, though, is so beautifully couching it and doing it. Like I said, the music is sort of a folky, sad way of, of expressing it. And the way that's sung, I just love the, the overall vibe of it. There's a sadness that comes through in there that's, you don't even need to hear the lyrics that you know that they're singing about something pretty. You know, close to the bone. That I love John Bonilla's guitar playing too. He's a great lead player. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so I, I want to play you another song. This is called Sweet Tooth. Uh, the lyric, out on the corner, money in my hand. I place my order to my good friend. Now I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him just to get by. I'm waiting on a friend on South Atlantic Ave. I'm waiting on a friend just to get by. Body is hurting, mouth running dry, and he's on his own clock, never on time. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him just to get high, just to get by. Waiting on a friend, South Atlantic Ave. I'm waiting on a friend just to get by, and I've got a sweet tooth. Oh, I've got a sweet tooth. Here he comes now. I'll make amends. Same time tomorrow, we're going to do it again. I'll be waiting, waiting, waiting for him just to get by. Waiting on a friend, South Atlantic Ave. Waiting on a friend just to get by. Kind of an updated version of Waiting for the Man. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of uh, Lou Reed in it. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of New York. I love describing it as I've got a sweet tooth. Yeah, yeah, and that he's your friend. Yeah. It's a different way to look at it because yeah. there's a separate <clears throat> sort of a, a danger to Waiting for the Man, but here's sort of a, you know, he he's making a personal connection somehow. With or maybe Derek. that's just the way he thinks of it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know. that The narrator does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure that it really is a friend. No. Maybe he's just a... It's my friend. Yeah. Because he brings me what I need. It's hard, man. This is Sweet Tooth by Hollis Brown. Check it out.
Now, you see, musically, that's interesting because that's a poppy, upbeat tune, but a really, really sad, very desperate lyric. Yeah. And he talks about my mouth getting dry and he's on his own time. So clearly there's some, uh, you know, uh, withdrawals happening there. Come on, hurry up, man, so I can get my fix. Uh, and and it, it it drives the way waiting, on a, uh, waiting for the man drives, but in a different way. It's a very poppy, upbeat song. And the chorus is fantastic. And I like the reference, the geographical reference, and I know this is something you do in your songs and are, are all great songs. And we talked about Warren Zevon with Gower Avenue, just using these, these touch tones, these places. And Atlantic Avenue is a, is a long, long stretch of road that runs between two boroughs, Brooklyn. I know it mostly from Brooklyn, but also parts of Queens. Uh, and it, it's great that he mentions that. He, there's, there's a realism to that. Uh, a, a sense of experience, but I, but I can't get over the fact that it's such a poppy, upbeat song that has a great infectious chorus. But you know, the story is pretty intense. Yeah, the guy's you know where he's at. It's pretty dire. You know, and like I said, he's he's lying to himself about this guy's my friend. You know, he, he opens the song with it. You know, I made a call to my friend and. Um, you know, he's merely just a friend because he's bringing him something that he needs. Well, as he says, he doesn't call it an addiction. He calls it a sweet tooth. The sweet tooth. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, it's cool. It is cool. Uh, there, it, in, in a way, it's, it, you know, it's a song about delusions. Um, you know, the guy's not really his friend. He's a drug dealer, I assume. Uh, it's not, you know, he's not waiting for candy, waiting for something stronger. And um, it, there's a sense of desperation there. But... On top of all that is, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like really upbeat and cool, you know, and fun. Um, which, bravo, I tip my my analytical hat to them because it's so cool to be able to get hit with a song like that. And on the other side is is the story. I'm glad you gave me those lyrics first. Yeah. You know, and you read them first. I mean, Waiting for My Man's kind of upbeat too. It sure is. I mean, uh, yeah. in that state of mind, it's a, it is candy. <laughs> it sure uh, is. All right, next up is a band. Uh, Billy Libby is the, not just the singer and the writer, but I think he is really uh, Fort Gorgeous. Uh, and he is actually the uh, guitar player for Ingrid Michaelson. And I think he's the guitar player in her band. But this is his solo work in, uh, in Fort Gorgeous. Uh, and the record, their, their first record they just released is called The Bottom of the Sea. I love the album cover for this. It's a great, it's a great bizarre surrealistic album cover, um, and the name of the band is great. Fort Gorgeous is yeah. hilarious. And you wanted to start out with Chickadee. I did. It's the one song that popped out of me. I listened to quite a bit of their stuff over the weekend, and I, this song again, and, and it, it reminds me very much of you know with Pedal, the Comfort jumped out at me. There was something about it that was forlorn yet pretty, uh, and. You know, we, you and I have been desperately trying to find some of the lyrics here, but it's just the, it's not so much what he's singing about here; it's how he does it. He's got like sort of a higher register voice that I don't know just really sells this song to me. I think it's a beautiful song, uh, and it's one of my favorite things doing research for this podcast that I've enjoyed that popped out at me, especially of their work, of his stuff. So yeah, um, check it out. This is uh, what is this? This, what is, this is, on? is the uh, the last song on the bottom of the sea. This is Fort Gorgeous with Chickadee. Chickadee 
so beautiful oh it is i love that chorus i love it the way it sweeps up into it um and they do something in there as well we talked about this last week just a sort of a dissonant piano part it just becomes very dark for about a just a little bit part of the song becomes a little dangerous like a sound of something foreboding and then it cuts back into that really beautiful uh chorus again yeah it's it really, it really sneaks up on you how it builds into a very powerful, emotional sort of like catharsis, almost. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love the repeat of the 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 last line of the chickadee dee dee. The thing they do earlier in the in the in the song as well that really caught my ear. Um, 
I just, you know, to me, that kind of song is atmospheric without being overly so. It doesn't. No, it's got a lot of melody too, so it doesn't just. It's not just ambient. You know? Right. Yes. Thank you. If there's there's something specific about that, that song would be a great song if someone was just playing it on the piano because the melody is so strong. But I think the 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 ambience of the of the track really adds to it. It gives it an airy feel, which I like, and it's named after a bird, so it makes sense. I mean, I really like the uh, the way this band uses electronic instruments to like. Uh, flesh out the sound of the songs. Um, mm. The the first track on the record too. It's a more of a dance track. And it's a single, and it has a. It explores things in a lot of the same ways, but in a very very different uh, song at the core, uh, a, a completely different feel. Um, let's play that right now. This is the the first single off uh, Fort Gorgeous, the bottom of the sea. This is called Round and Round, Billy Libby's band. Say with a broken mouth I see it all, I see nothing
So once again, another very interesting band being featured, not only on this podcast, but for the, for the festival. And um, I assume the whole band's playing together for this one? I guess. I- yeah, because it just goes to show you, um, again, I would not have put those two songs or those two sounds together. Now, that song, and I, it's funny, I heard this song first, and I was, I was telling Adam as I was playing, I, I liked it, but it wasn't, it didn't jump out at me the way Chickadee did. But now listening to it here with you, uh, it seems like there's a Latin underscore to that. Not just the beat of it, but the way the guitars are playing. And you mentioned earlier their use of the instruments, the ele- electronic, everything they have in their arsenal, they put into it to give it some really great, again, there's an ambiance to these songs that, that sound really, I don't know what the word is, I can't think of it, but it's just, um, it captures it for that, that song. I, I liked it much better listening to it now, but I did hear a, a great deal of sort of salsa flavor to that song. I mean, he's singing it differently but the rest of the backing track is like totally and then you know the guitars sound almost that way so again this is a band that's quite diverse in their sounds on the same record they can they can rock it out and then they can make something really ethereal like they did on the other song well it's funny it's a that's the first song i heard and i always liked it but i actually liked it a lot more just now following chickadee because I, I, oh. I think I, maybe I was just in the right emotional space. I mean, I've liked it from the first time I heard it, but I've always heard it first and Chickadee last. But hearing Chickadee first and then round and round, it brought me into that song in a whole different way. I came into it more from the melody than the feel, I think. And like it felt like Crowded House a little bit to me that time. You know, in that it, ha- it has so much, it's got a really great melody, which is a, a not inconsequential thing. It's hard to write melodies. And like, Maybe because I was coming from Chickadee, I really followed the melody through that time, and it really I got caught up in it in a pretty big way. Um, and that's very true because a song like that you can get caught up in the beat and the backing track of it and lose what he's doing there. But but when you hear something so stark like Chickadee, where his melody really really drives that song, yeah, it, it comes out in that song. It's a very good point. I, but it's 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 interesting. We both had different experiences listening to it just now because my experience was that. The backing track really came alive. I found, like I said, I found salsa influences in there or a style, and and the drum beat was part of the experience where it overwhelmed the song when I heard it the first time. Yeah, it's weird to me. I think in a, in the past it's been about the groove, and this time it was more about the melody and yeah. the song. Yeah, uh, and it, I liked it a lot more. Uh, yeah, I, it just it had a whole much more power to me. Um, I want to move on to Roan Yellowthorn. This is a band uh, made up of, uh, oh my God, Sean Strack and Jackie McLean. Jackie McLean is uh, Don McLean's daughter, the singer of American Pie. And uh, what's that song? Starry, Starry Night. Right. Vincent. Is Vincent, what it's called. yeah. Um, uh, and it's a pretty interesting, de- I mean, she made an EP before this, but she has this debut album, Indigo. It's uh, got a lot of electronica in it. Um, it's a very personal woman's album I think in a way I mean uh, which song would you like to start with and you want to talk about it first um, let's go with Factory Man okay. and I'll tell you why um, it's the one we talk about when we hear things first or second it's the one I heard first and let me first say and again I'm not saying this is derivative and this just comes out at me but and I say this with the highest compliment but this is the closest to the actual feeling and subtext and phrasing that I've ever heard of anyone 
sounding like Suzanne Vega. And I say – and again, I, I say that because everybody knows that for a decade, every female acoustic or folk or indie, certainly New York woman singer, songwriter was either immediately compared to Suzanne or was going to try to be Suzanne. Now, this is a whole two generations removed now. And I think the best part of that, the best part of the phrasing, the sad sing-song storyteller aspect of the singing here really, really, really got to me. But the main thing is, and I don't, again, we don't have the lyrics for these, but she sings about a gentleman works in a factory. Now, I want to say this also that's important. She's singing about a guy here, and not a guy she has a crush on or not her dad or not her ex-husband. Right? She's singing about just some guy she's noticing or a tale from the third person about a guy who works in a factory. Every day he gets up in the morning, lunch pail, but then he takes a break and goes to the lunchroom, and he paints, and he draws, and he reads poetry. And she says he's the poet. He's got the heart and soul of a poet, of a painter. That was really his dream, what he's good at, but he needs to put food on the table. He needs to have a life. And that's more incumbent on men, even, in this world sometimes, who are told from the very beginning, you're going to be you know, the, the breadwinner and get out there and do what your dad did or take over the family business and forget the fact that you want to be an artist or a writer or something like that. And for two guys here who chose different paths than maybe other people that, you know, that got enveloped in our art and uh, tried to make and did make careers out of it. This song really hit me on that level. It's, it's beautifully written and it's beautif- beautifully performed. And she really, really, I think, gets into the pathos of this character. She really does. That's what really hit me about this song, Factory Man, really. Because you rarely hear a young woman sing like this of just a guy, you know, Johnny Lunchpail, going punching the clock and living his life despite the fact that he has other dreams. All right, check this out. This is uh, Jackie McLean and Sean Strack, or as they're known, Rowan Yellowthorne, Factory Man. I know a man, not very well, mostly from what I've heard tell. He lives alone in rented halls with all his paintings on the wall. He collects a TV shrine. Tired man sitting down, 
is about that stuff but it also has so much melody going on you know it it's not a dry slow you know it's not starry starry night you know it's not it's not it's not that it's got more to it you know it, it, it sort of sings to his thoughts you know it's it's not he's got all kinds of ideas that are like and it maybe it's sad that he's doing what he's doing but he, it doesn't exactly point up that side of it it points up no. all the dreams and the creativity and the it's kind of beautiful. You know? it, absolutely. Good point. A lot of artists don't work as artists. They they have to work, you know? Absolutely. And and he's as much an artist as anybody else. And she's the key lines in it, there's a, the key lines which she ends the song, sketches he sketches portraits of tired men sitting down. He sees beauty all around. These are these are exhausted guys who are living the life he is, and they're just getting to sit down in the break room. Oh man. And just taking the burden of the day off of them. And and there's a great really Beautiful line earlier. She, he, he notices a girl. He knows a girl. She's still in town, yet she's far away, which is like he's in town, but a lot of his dreams are or how he sees the world. He sees the beauty in all of that, absolutely. And when she, she goes into the chorus and she sings about it, he has you know the heart of an artist and the soul of a poet. It's so beautiful. It is uplifting. You know? And that's, that, that's what I was saying earlier about my connections to Suzanne Vega where she could take a song like Luca – you know about this terrible thing that's happening in her apartment uh, building. This kid being abused, you know, by her, his his dad hitting him, and and all the things that go into that song. But it the the melody is just so pretty, beautiful. It just takes you away. And when she sings, you know, part of an artist in the da na na na, it's very sweeping. And I I love that. I really do. Yeah, you're right. There's there she's not pit. There's no pity in this song. Yeah, no, not at, at all. all. If anything, it's inspiring. It is. You know, it's, uh, she's finding inspiration in his situation we know. should all be like that you know we should see beauty all around regardless if you're an artist or not you should stop seeing the negatives and everything i was just having a conversation with a friend the other day it's like oh you know it's one girl i know she's just everything is negative and of course you could easily say that negative negative because it's so easy the way the world is just a simple thing from getting from a to b you can hit a million annoyances but you could also some really see some nice things there as well and he is in a tough place to be he's a factory worker and and he's yet Seeing beyond the walls of the factory, I guess you know. But yeah. I, that that song really spoke to me in that way. I mean, you see what you see, you feel what you feel. But indeed, but we can't always be in the perfect place all the time. One of the things I used to have arguments with the writers all the time. I used, I had a writing nook. I wrote Deep Tank Jersey and most of Trailing Jesus in a kitchen in this beat up place I called the Putnam Bunker in the middle of the mountains, just north of Westchester, uh, in the nineties, and. 
other writers would come over and they'd be like, you're right here? Like, don't you have a place where you look out at the, the mountains and, and you have candles? And I'm like, nah, nah, I just stare at a white wall with holes in it. <laughs> and right, you know, I mean, this is where I got. This is what I got, you know? So you see past the white wall with the holes in it and you, you get something out of it, you know? What about, uh, tell me about Fingerless Gloves because you also talked about this song. Yes, I really do like this song too. Um, this song, and again, without the lyrics, the, the few times that I, I did give it a couple of listens. Normally when I'm listening to songs for this podcast, it'll wash over me and I'll listen to three or four or five in a row and then I'll go back and listen to the ones that really jumped out at me. And this one did because it, it, it evokes a great deal of what you and I have talked about a lot on this podcast is songs when people have breakups and they don't know what to say to someone either in a letter like we said that Rod Stewart song or seeing someone you know in a parking lot uh, when things are falling apart um, or any of the great love songs where they're just coming trying to come up with different lines ways to say it and she's saying to her ex-lover you know I I, I gave you the, the – or either she – I can't remember now. She either – he gave her the the fingerless gloves or she gave it to him. But the fingerless gloves is this representation of that's when things were good and we gave each other gifts. And we worried if we had gloves or not. And now we don't have that anymore. And these fingerless gloves are just a bittersweet reminder of our love that has dwindled or is completely gone. I, you know, and – Maybe that's a little bit too much on the head, but I—that's what it—that's what it says to me. I think she gives them to him. Is that what it was? Now I can't remember. Let's play the song <laughs> and figure it out. And by the way, I'm just assuming it's the gender. It could be her to give it to her. It could be a friendship thing that's fallen apart. But the point I'm making is that it's definitely the fingerless gloves that remind her of the way things used to be. Actually, I think she's bisexual. Um, I think that's part of what she talked about in one of the interviews I read that she. Uh, wasn't sure how to express it when she was young until she came out. No, I can't remember. This is Fingerless Gloves by Roan Yellowthorn from their record Indigo. Hey, I was just wondering how you are If you like your new place so far If you're happy with what you got If you think about me a lot If everything turned out the way you thought and hey, what did you say to her about me when you saw me on the street? Did you tell her who I was, that I gave you those fingerless gloves one time long ago? I knew things she didn't know, that once we were in love, did you tell her who I was, did you tell her? I've been thinking about how we stopped When the leaves were falling off Turning on the treetops And I turn into myself And I turn into myself And I turn into somebody else And I turn into myself
Yeah, there is a lot of Suzanne Vega there in her voice, in the, the sort of unstudied way she sings, you know? And that, that melody is just so infectious. And the, uh, that little middle part where she starts singing angelically, you know, the, the, now that you mention that story, and I don't know the specifics about it, but let's just say, for instance, the line, I turned into somebody else, I turned into myself. Which happens a lot. You're in a relationship, and then during that relationship, you are no longer the same person they started out with. Now, the one thing that I missed that you pointed out to me once it started, or I think before it started, you said, I think he, she gave it him the fingerless gloves. She, he's walking with his new woman, and she sees them. And now he's wearing the same gloves, probably holding hands with her with the gloves that she gave him. And does she know that I gave you those and that those were a representation of our love, it's almost like those gloves are her heart that she gave him. Like, and then she's holding hands with this other woman with it. It's just so vivid that scene. But that bit where she says, "I turned into somebody else. I turned into myself," and she repeats that in that middle eight part, the one where she's the angelic, you know, voices come out. It's so really great songwriting and storytelling. It's beautiful as a song, and also as a story. You know, as a story about what it's. Anyway, her expression of her feelings towards him. Yeah, I'm so glad you found this article, too, I was talking about, because she actually wrote an essay called The Way I Am, Jackie McLean, about coming out. And she talked about being like eight years old and auditioning for a production of The Wizard of Oz. And just, as she says, the theater smelled like dust and paint and adrenaline. She was sitting there in the middle of the group of older kids across the aisle. I couldn't take my eyes off her. I stared. I couldn't look away. She was laughing and lively. I'd never seen someone who looked like her before. I'd never seen anyone so striking. Her hair was blonde, spiky, short. She had a checked collared shirt on. She wore black glasses and a choker. I kept staring, hoping she'd look back at me. Terrified that she would. I wanted to be next to her. I wanted to smell her. I didn't understand that feeling. It was too strong to ignore, but it was too unusual. Uh, I didn't know crushes could exist between girls. I didn't have words for what I'd felt, so I put it away. And she talks a little later about how, like, when she started school, when she was a little older, you know, uh, it happened again, and, like, she would get crushes on people, boys and girls. But at one point, all these girls sort of surrounded her and uh, asking her, like, kind of chanting out if she was a lesbian because they said she always stared. As she says here, I I asked, what are you talking about? I asked, feeling humiliated, feeling like they had caught on to my secret creepiness. You stare, said one. You stare at Ashley. We've seen you. Ashley was standing there. I definitely stared at her. She was beautiful. No, I don't, I said lamely. Lesbian, they shouted and dispersed. When high school started, I made it my mission to be as boy crazy as possible because I didn't want to repeat the humiliation in the middle school hallway. You know, this is the kind of thing that you're going through, you know, yes. as a young girl. However much it might be okay in society, it's not okay in the middle of the playground. It's not okay when it's just you're just a girl somewhere and everyone is making fun of you like we do. You know, we make fun of people for everything, and uh, especially when you're young. Oh, well, the internet, the way know it is, what the hell's anyone going on. Does now is make fun of each other. You know, social media is there for that in a right. lot of ways. And I love this ending part here. She she says, "Life is better when I let myself feel, and I can't help falling in love with friends and strangers, regardless of their sex. It's just the way I am. It's how I've always been." Now, getting back to the song at hand. I turned into somebody else. I turned into myself is a resonant yeah. line. 
it, it really is. It's funny, the last two weeks, uh, two women, Jackie McLean from Rowan Yellowthorn and Kylie Lotz from Pedal, you know, really describing in their early recordings uh, what it's like to come out of a place of shame and fear and into a place of uh, being themselves, to turn into someone else, to turn into myself, you know, being someone that they can feel good about, you know, without changing who they are, but just changing how they approach the world uh, and feeling so much better about it. It's, uh, it's been a big part of the last two podcasts, you know, and I, assume, I imagine it's a, it'll be a big part of many more because, you know, artists discovering their feelings are going to express them and more and more people are going to be open about having felt these ways and we're going to hear more and more and more songs where people are willing to say how they feel about these sorts of things and to talk about you know a, a story that hasn't been told very much because it's been or not as much as simply I have a crush on a boy or I have a crush on a girl you know when it's across the sexes it's just what happens if you have a crush on someone and everyone says it's not okay then that's going to be an experience we're going to hear more and more about in more and more music and think um, about it you're already feeling strange anyway because in essence you do have a heart as she mentions in the previous song the heart of an artist and the soul of a poet and in a way the factory man may be finding the beauty in his situation but he's a little out of place there because he's not like the other factory guys who don't have that uh, that ability to feel something and express it it's tough enough when you're a kid and you have a gift for something but also you're just trying to fit in too and if you don't fit, it's tough enough to fit in if you have all the things that you're supposed to be quote unquote normal about. But you're never normal. When you're a teenager, you're a fucking mess anyway. And you're trying to find your place and you're trying to find your tribe. And it's hard to do that if it's constantly, if you there's parts of you that are constantly separate from the way things are. You're trying to find yourself anyway, regardless of what your sexuality is or your gender or your religious beliefs or anything that, or your, your monetary, whatever you, your situation you're going through. It's tough enough to just be a kid. You yeah, know? I mean, you talk about you're trying to find your tribe. I mean, we're always trying to do that, whether it's like, I like the, the Warriors, I like the Knicks, or I like punk music. And hard enough to find a group to hang out with when there's plenty of people who like the same stuff you do. Right. But what about when you're the only person or as far as you know, you're the only person because you're supposed to be so ashamed of it that you're hiding who you are. How do you find your tribe when you can't even say out loud who you are? You know, it makes it a lot harder. And, uh, and then you question who you are in this essay. She talks a lot about, I went boy crazy in high school because I was trying to change my focus. But then I realized that I just, she writes, I realized that the reason why I was hanging around with the boys, I loved the drama of talking to other girls about boys and it connected me with the girls. It's like your song or Prince's song, I wish I, you know, I was a girl so I could relate to you. There's so many of these things going on in, in this song and in the way these these, particularly these last two podcasts, these women are expressing their experiences, which is very informative for young women and young men uh, who go through these situations and and they can relate and like, wow, that that woman is telling my story. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like you said about uh, Prince's song and also mine, you know, the part of the point of I wish I was a girl is that we deal with each other so differently when we're going across the chasm of the sexes too. You know, it's looking at the problem from another end that like as a guy trying to say something to a girl and wondering whether she'll believe him and saying, I wish I was a girl just so that you would understand because when we're crossing this chasm or the gap, the gulf between men and women, uh, 
there's so much mistrust. And yes. the, the, the thing I was trying to say in the song was like, if I kind of wish I was just the same sex as you so we could just the simple act of communicating so that you would have absolute trust in me and I could tell you how I am or how I was or how I'm doing, you know, just, you know, and because the truth is, and maybe it makes it more understandable why, you know, I don't know, it's not the reason, but, you know, it, it must be a wonderful thing to be gay in some ways when you're just talking to someone who's the same sex, where you have much more of a shared experience. Right. If you think about that for two women, there's so much about being a woman that I don't understand and never can. Uh, another woman would understand that, you know, and I imagine that for all of the fear and the terror and the shame and all the things that we throw on people for having same sex relationships, there probably are some wonderful benefits to it as well, which is just a shared experience that can be understood. And I know because is there anything more important in relationships than just feeling and being understood and actually understanding someone else? Right. I, I mean, I, the best relationship I've ever had, the best relationships I've ever had got to that point where I felt understood and I felt like I understood. Right. And I, you know, there's a, probably an advantage to that in a same sex relationship because there's so much more shared experience. It must be a wonderful thing, uh, in that. And, uh, of course it's yeah. the journey. The journey is always tough, but getting there for, especially in the homosexual situation, but certainly in my experience is heterosexual I mean, just finding the person that you can trust and trust you, understands you, and knows that you're not trying to get over on them or do that. that that's a great line that uh, Norris, uh, uh, you know, the, the um, uh, Efron uh, screenplay for Harry Met Sally, because as met, I've studied that screenplay, and not only is it a great film and it's funny and they're great in it, but the bits where he's just like, we can never be friends because the sex will always be between us. And that is a truism, period. I'm going to find you attractive or you're going to f- – we're going to be so close that we're going to want to try to intertwine that into well, sexuality. Well, truism in movies. Yes. I'm not sure it's actually necessarily a truism in life, but it's a truism in movies for sure because they want to explore that. Right. You know? Of course. But there's something about that that if you're so close with someone and it's a man and a woman or you're sexually attracted to them, you want to take it to that level. A lot of people feel that that ruins the connection that they have. See, all these things are swirling when, when people write songs about this, about their experiences to do it. And you're right. More times than not in this podcast, we will discover artists becoming true to themselves and expressing that in song, and we're the beneficiaries of it. We get to see that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I will say that I don't know that it's necessarily a truism in life, too, because people worry so much about that the sex will ruin us because we'll always... But you can be the other way. You can be in the past tense, too. That sex can be in the past tense. You've had relationships. If you can... Ma- I have a lot of ex-girlfriends I'm very close with. They matter to me. I had... I, because I had intimacy with them. I had real closeness with them. And as long as you don't do something shitty, things end. As long as you don't do something... A betrayal and something shitty, then when it's over... There's a person there that you actually were really, really close with one day. And there's, and no there's reason a reason why. Friends. Right. You know, and, and you can have a real closeness even though you've shared all that stuff. Now, that may be difficult for some of the people around you. It could be difficult for the relationship you're in now. But there's a real closeness that can be had because you really have shared things with that person. You really do understand each other. And maybe you're not trying to get over anymore. You know, but you've been there. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's so, very there's a lot of min- questions in here. Yes, but there's a lot of levels to happiness. That's all there is to it. Yes, there there's, are. There and, are. And, and and that's what's being explored in these songs. And I, and I, I think that's great. And that's why we love it. And I and I will say, getting back to the festival, 
This is the kind of person I want to talk to. This is the kind of person I want to meet and tell them how much I love the songs and I hope they listen to the podcast and hear it, but also to see them perform the songs because so much can be emoted in that when you watch somebody perform something I mean, like Well, this. what could be better in life than what we've got going on? A peer group of people thinking, feeling, and expressing themselves. Like, because for me, having been away, you know, when when I started out in my career, I had a peer group of people who were in the same boat I was. We were all playing, we were all in the clubs, all my friends played music. And, you know, you get out there in the world, and unless you want to hang out at the MTV Awards or something, there's no sandbox to play in anymore. And you can kind of lose that peer group in a lot of ways and those friends. And it was something that was really brought back to me in my life through the Outlaw Roadshow and now through Underwater Sunshine, a group of people for whom this is the central part of their lives, creating, appreciating, expressing all the things in their life, being those kind of open people, maybe more open than I am in the rest of my life. But I love my group of friends from Underwater Sunshine and from the Outlaw Roadshow because it's – it's uh, it's a much richer world being around people. It's, and it's I'm the same way you are. I cannot wait for this festival to start. I can't wait to meet, you know, Jackie McLean and Sean Stracker, the people who write these songs. I can't wait to hang out. Kylie Lotz and I have been messaging each other throughout her touring. I can't wait to hang out with Kylie. You know, I'm right. looking forward to all of this. Uh, and seeing them play these wonderful songs. Yeah. It, it's going to be amazing. Last time was incredible. I can't wait for this time. I agree. I, and I thank all you guys for... You know, I do this podcast with you, but everybody that's worked on the Outlaw Roadshow and the, the wonderful people that work on this festival have, you know, welcomed me in with open arms. And I really enjoy working with the people who actually work it, make it happen. That's a great group, too. It really is. No, it's the same group of people. I mean, yes. creative people in a different way, putting on a festival. I think we might need to get. I just realized what time it is. Maybe we need to wrap this up. Yeah, we're going to do Hollis Brown, right? We're gonna yeah, we're going to play out. one more song. I just want to take you out on yeah. uh, a song that I've always thought of as the quintessential Hollis Brown song. I think it's one of the first ones I ever heard them play. Uh, also from Three Shots. Uh, it's called Wait For Me, Virginia, and we will leave you to play out on it. Uh, this has been the Underwater Sunshine Podcast. There are two weeks until the Underwater Sunshine Festival. <laughs> April 5th and 6th, yes, be 2019, here. New York City at the Bowery Electric. Be here. I am Adam Duritz. This is my friend. James Campion. Peace. Late.